All right, let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 17, and while we're turning there, we'll let all the children up through age eight go to children's church. If you'd like to go to children's church, all the children up through age eight, you're welcome to stay with your parents or your family, but we thank God for our faithful workers. Acts chapter 17 in the New Testament of your Bible, and... uh, We're known around here for saying something like it's always good to hear those pages turn. Some of you may have a Bible on some type of technology, uh, some kind of technology piece or something in your lap today, an iPhone or something, but the main thing is to have the Word of God, a Bible. But I like to hear those pages turn this morning. If you need a Bible, hopefully there's one in a songbook rack near you there. Be sure and just take it, use it. If you need one, take it home with you. After you find the book of Acts in the 17th chapter, if you'll look at verse 24, I'll start reading with verse 24, Acts chapter 17, beginning with verse 24, Acts 17, and I'll begin reading with verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they may feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of our own poets have said, For we are also his offspring. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for these few minutes we've been together this morning. And I believe, Lord, we can truly say it has been good to be in the house of the Lord, gathered together with your people. Our hearts have been challenged and convicted, I'm sure. We've been ministered to through the music ministry and the congregational singing. And Lord, we just pray your hand of blessing upon the sick and families that are suffering today. We pray your hand a blessing upon all the ministries and activities that have been mentioned and planned that have been mentioned throughout this service. But now, oh God, for these few minutes, may we put everything else aside and help us to give our attention to your word. And you promise that your word will not go and return void. And so we do thank you for the forgiveness of sins and that we have in Christ Jesus. And We just pray that the Holy Spirit will have freedom and liberty, O God, today to accomplish your will in each of our hearts and lives. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I want to just talk to you for a few minutes this morning about life, a gift from God. A gift from God. Today, in many churches across America, the emphasis is on the sanctity of human life. We talked about that in Sunday school a little bit this morning. And that word sanctity means something that's holy, something that's sacred. And the reason life itself, and there's a mystery about life, isn't there? 
How do you explain it? That the reason life is sacred and holy is because it is a moment-by-moment, breath-by-breath gift of an absolutely holy, righteous, and merciful God. And we mentioned in Sunday school this morning that many times when we think of the sanctity of life, we immediately think of abortion and pro-life and, and the, the life at conception and the birth, the forming of a child in the womb, but all life is sacred from the moment of conception till the time that life takes its last breath and that heartbeat, no matter what the age is. All, every moment of life is sacred to God. It's a gift of God, isn't it? And you know, there are three basic questions about life that I would think, I just believe that every human being on this planet have entertained these questions in some form to some degree. I would, I believe every human being at somewhere in their life and more than one time entertains these three questions in one form or another to some degree. Where did I come from? What's my origin? Why am I here? Why do I exist? What's my purpose? And where am I going? What's my destiny? I just believe every human being somewhere along the way asks those three questions. Now, you know what? There's one reliable source that can answer all three of those questions, and that's the Word of God. Amen. Do you still believe the Bible to be the Word of God, the inspired Word of God preserved, and we can still trust it, can't we? I think it's interesting. We often mention how God can put a service together. Here we are on Sunday, and in this service, we've emphasized two main subjects and issues. The sanctity of human life and the Bible, the Word of God with Brother Hal and the Gideon spreading the Word of God. I want you to notice you have both of those subjects <coughs> mentioned right here in Acts chapter 17. As a matter of fact, in the very first few verses of Acts 17, you find the Apostle Paul in a place called Thessalonica. And I want you to notice the main purpose for Paul going to this particular city. In the first few verses, it says in verse 1 of chapter 17 of Acts that he came to Thessalonica. And verse 2 says, as Paul, as his manner was unto them, spent three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of what? Somebody help me. The Scriptures. That word reason means... For three Sabbaths, he went into the synagogues, met with the Jews for three weeks and sat down with them and discussed the Old Testament Scriptures. Why? Verse 3, opening and alleging that Christ, their promised Messiah, must needs have suffered and risen from the dead. There's the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and that this Jesus is the Christ, the Jesus that I preach. He is the promised Messiah. And and verse 4 says, many believed. Well, later, Paul went a few miles to another town or city called Berea, beginning in verse 10. And you'll notice in verse 11, in Berea, the same thing happens. In Acts 17, verse 11, these in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received what? The Word. With all readiness of mind, And they didn't just take Paul's word for it. They searched the Scriptures, what? Every Sunday morning. 
<laughs> no, daily. Are you reading your Bible? By the way, this would be a good time to put, we're starting, and this would be a good time just to challenge all of, read your Bible, read it through, study it, memorize it, meditate on the Word. Nothing can take the place of the Word of God. Amen? And they searched, and look at the testimony God gave them said they were more noble than even the Christians in Thessalonica because they received the Word of God. They searched it daily. And verse 13 says, But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the the Word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came hither also and stirred up the people. Do you know everybody doesn't get excited about the teaching and preaching of the Word of God? <laughs> because the Word of God just tells it like it is, doesn't it? It'll show you how sinful you are and how holy and righteous and forgiving God is. It's like putting light in someone's eye. It's like pouring salt in a soul. And some people just don't like And by the way, God can use His Word to do surgery on me. And sometimes it'll comfort your heart and sometimes it'll convict your heart. But there's the Apostle Paul going to Thessalonica, Berea, and he's going there to preach and teach the truth of the Word of God. And the hub of all that truth is the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So he's in Thessalonica, he's in Berea, and now he comes to Athens, beginning in verse 15. And we don't have time to get into all this, but in the latter part of verse 18, it says that many of them were concerned the latter part of verse 18, because in Athens he was preaching unto them about someone called Jesus that had died and rose again. Wow, what a message. That's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, isn't it? And you know the story here that the people in Athens were drowning in religion. They had all kind of idols. I read one story back years ago. It was told to be true that a plague was in Athens, Greece. And the priest came in and they brought a herd of black and sheep and white sheep. There were some black sheep and white sheep and they took them through the city and wherever a black sheep lay down, they would build an altar to the God that caused the plague. And wherever a white sheep lay down, they would build an altar to the God that they trusted to heal them from the plague. Now, we, we, we chuckle at that, but, you know, the world is incurably religious. It's amazing. And Paul looked around and he saw beautiful temples and idols. They worshipped every God man could conjure up, and they even put an, a, a, a sign out, an altar, and just in case there's a God we don't know about yet, and they said, this is to the unknown God. We don't want to miss out on some God and he'd be mad at us. And so Paul comes in and he says, folks, this is the God that I want to tell you about. <laughs> the God you know nothing about. And he mentions, so he starts in verse 24. He says, now let me tell you about this God. First of all, he's the creator. God, verse 24, that made the earth and all things therein. And he, verse 25, the latter verse, giveth to all life and breath and all things. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. So first of all, Paul answered that first basic question. Where did I come from? Where does life come from? What's the origin? Where did it come from? 
And we can go back to the book of Genesis. Paul's preaching the story of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created man. And God breathed into man the breath of life. And as we saw in Sunday school, Sunday school this morning, in Jeremiah and Job and Psalms and Proverbs and Luke chapter 1 and verse after verse and Scripture after Scripture, that the forming of that baby in the mother's womb, from the moment of conception, life begins, we believe. And the forming of that baby in the mother's womb is just as much a miraculous work of a creating God as when God created Adam and Eve. Amen. And life. Take a breath right now. Feel your heartbeat. Put your hand up to your neck on your pulse. Every heartbeat, every breath is a gift of God Almighty, the Creator. That answers the first question. If you'll just humble your heart and believe the Bible. Amen. And here's the Apostle Paul preaching and teaching to some. Athens was known as the education center of the world of the Apostle Paul. The Romans and everyone would come there. These great philosophers. And Paul said, I can tell you that life begins with God. Amen. God, the creator of the universe. And then he answers the second question. Where did I come from? What's my origin? Life is from God. Why am I here? What's my purpose? My ultimate purpose in life is to worship and glorify and magnify and praise the one that created me. Amen? Now, if there is no God, and I came through the process of atheistic evolution, then I don't have to worry about worshiping anyone but myself. For I'm not accountable to anyone but myself. And so I can just magnify myself and worship man and have my own way in every decision in life I can just make based on what pleases me and what will better me in life. But if there is a God, and that God created me, and that God gave me life from the moment of conception, and He gives me every breath I take and every heartbeat I experience, and I'm going to give an accountability to that God one day. And my, what is my purpose in life? No matter what my occupation may be, what, what family God allowed me to be born in, what parents God allowed me to, I have no control. You have no control over those things. God has a will and a plan for every one of us. And our, the bottom line to all that is, to God be the glory. Amen. And here these people were drowning in religion thinking they were worshiping God by building all these altars and everything they had to offer God. And the Apostle Paul reminds them down in verse 24 that we have a God that you can't put in a temple somewhere and He's not a God, verse 25, that we worship with our hands in the sense that can, can, can we just be reminded of this today? God doesn't really need you and me. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't. Now, I know there's a balance to that. God works through people. And so you say, well, boy, I'm glad to hear that. I want, and so, no, hey, you know, we, we can't give anything to God in the sense that He has a need or we can add to Him. Matter of fact, all we're doing, we're not giving God anything. You're just returning what God gave you to start with. You say, I gave God an hour of my time on Sunday morning. My fact, it's not my time or your time to give Him. We're just simply returning the time He's given us. I gave God 10 or 12 or 13% of my income. You didn't give God a thing. 
you're just returning what he gave you to start with. He owns it all. Are you? That's what Paul's trying. Hey, you want to really worship this God and glorify this God? You've got to have a personal relationship with God, this God, through His Son Jesus Christ. Life. Where did that come from? What's the origin of all this, God? What's the purpose of all this? Why am I here today? Oh, the main purpose is to worship God, to magnify Him. Oh, the Apostle Paul said. Whether I live or die, my earnest expectation is that Jesus Christ be magnified and glorified. Can you say amen to that? Where am I going? What's my destiny? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? That's a good question. Paul said in verse 28, For in God we live and move and have our being. It's to His honor and to His glory. Now, Look at verse 29 of Acts 17. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. Now by the offspring of God there, Paul's talking about creation. We're all the result of God's creation, created in the image of God. He's not teaching there that every person on this planet today is God's offspring, spiritually speaking, that we're all the Bible Paul writing to the Galatians says we become children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. We all belong to God by right of creation. By the way, we saw in the book of Job this morning, Job, Job, who was one of the wealthiest, maybe the wealthiest man on the planet in his day, maybe one of the most educated men. He was rich. He had servants working under him and so forth. And we saw in Job chapter 31, Job said, if I treat one of my maidservants or men servants less than me or think I'm better than any of them, will not the God that formed me in my womb and the same God that formed them rise up and hold me accountable one day? We're all equal in the sight of God. Amen? Why? Because we all have the gift of the same life. Life is precious from the moment of conception to the end of the life to that last heartbeat. Every life is precious. And so we're all God's offspring by right of creation. But look at verse 30. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Now, that word winked at implies God's long-suffering. God doesn't wink at sin like we do. God doesn't just cover up sin like we do. God doesn't just cover up spiritual ignorance and blindness like we do. (laughs) The law of the land says ignorance is no excuse because, hey, we have a responsibility not to remain in ignorance but to know the truth, don't we? And God's basically Paul is saying God's been long-suffering all down through human history. But now God has provided. Now, can you imagine the Apostle Paul on Mars Hill talking to some of the most educated philosophers of his day, saying God has provided a plan of salvation. And by the way, it's for every single person on this planet today, from the most intelligent to the most uneducated, to the wealthiest to the poorest, amen, from the healthiest to the sick, it's for everyone. And look what Paul says in verse 31. 
First of all, God commandeth, verse 30, that men repent. Now, folks, that's a command. It's not a suggestion. Repentance is a change of mind. It means that by hearing the truth of God, the Holy Spirit brings me to the place where I say, you know what? God is right and I am wrong. There is a God and God is created. And He's holy and He's righteous and He's merciful. And I'm a sinner and I'm going to give an account to that God one day. And I change my mind and quit rebelling against God. I agree with God. If there's a problem, it's always with me. It's never with God. Amen. And He commands us to repent in verse 30. Because, verse 31, God hath appointed a day, a time, in the which He will judge the world in righteousness. Hebrews 9.27 says, Behold, it is appointed unto man once to die. That's not the end. The rest of that verse says, But after this, the judgment. Where are we going? Where's my personal destiny? I may die one day. Is that the end of it? I was talking to someone the other day who said that very thing. Said, I just, I don't believe there's anything beyond the grave. When you die, you die. You're gone. Well, who's the final authority on these things? Who's the final authority? (laughs) I think I'm going to listen to God. How about you? Amen. And God says, I was appointed a day, verse 31. That he judged the world. And the word world there is not talking about the planet earth, the trees, and the flowers. It's talking, it's a Greek word which means a world of mankind. A world of mankind. People. In righteousness. By that man. Who's the judge going to be? Watch verse 31. By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men that He hath raised Him from the dead. Who's He talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Go back to verse 18. Paul had been teaching and preaching in Thessalonica, Berea, now Athens, that this man Jesus, this God-man Jesus, we just celebrated His birth at Christmas. This is the person you need to come to know. This is how you get to know God. By repenting of your sins. And putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And today He offers Himself as your Savior. And one day He will be your judge. Wow, what a message. But it's the truth, isn't it? It's the truth of the Gospel. And notice how people responded in verse 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. (laughs) I remember watching Larry King on the Larry King show. And I still remember Larry King said, if you could really convince me that Jesus Christ really rose from the dead, I'd be a believer. You know what? God doesn't respond to pride like that. God said, the man says, you show me and I believe. God says, you believe and I'll show you. You humble your old sinful, proud heart and bow to Jesus and come to the Word of God. And I'll tell you, God's in the business of showing the truth and rebuilding. You don't come to God and shake your fist in God's face and say, well, God, you should. No. 
Hey, we're dealing with the holy, righteous God. Amen. But a God who's long-suffering, merciful, and gracious. Some mock. You reckon there's anybody in the world today that still laughs and mocks at the message of the gospel? An eternal hell. <laughs> People dying and going to hell. You know, laugh and mock. Make jokes out of it. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. Day of judgment's coming. Just like in Paul's day. Some mocked. But thank God everybody didn't. Verse 32 says, Others said, We will hear thee again in this matter. Paul, we, we've never heard this before. Salvation? Forgiveness of sins? Having a personal relationship with God? He's not some monstrosity that we've got to make sure we've dotted every I and crossed every T lest He... Give us a plague or beat us over the head. You mean you mean he's the God of holiness and righteousness, but he's a God of love and mercy, and he'll forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life in heaven. We've never heard of a God like that before. And and, and this Jesus, could could you teach us more? But that's the response God wants to see in us. Could we learn more about it? And then verse thirty four: Howbeit certain men clave unto him and what. Believe. Same thing today. Some will mock, some will believe, and some say, well, I'd like to know more about it. Give me time to think about it and pray about it and so forth. Paul was preaching the gospel. Where did I come from? Origin. God. God breathed into man. <clears throat> Why am I here? What's my purpose? In everything we do, as parents, as employees, as employers, as church members. What's our ultimate purpose in all this? Isn't it to magnify the Lord? To glorify God, to worship our Creator, to worship our glorious God. Where are we going? Where's it all going to climb at? What's my destiny? For the born-again believer, it's heaven. And for the unbeliever, it's an eternity in hell. For the believer, it's not just physical life, but it's eternal life. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Death? Not just physical death, but spiritual death and eternity separating from God in a place the Bible still calls a lake of fire. Do you still believe it? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, this is God's promise, shall be saved. Amen. The gift of life. I don't understand it all, but I know where I came from. God created me in my mother's womb. And God has sustained His creation with every breath I take and every heartbeat I experience. And thankful to the grace and mercy of God, I know where I'm going, amen. I don't know when or how, but I know where I'm going. I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that He's able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. And it's only through Jesus Christ, amen. And I know where men and women are going who aren't willing to trust Jesus Christ, who need to hear about Jesus Christ, who need a Word of God, who need to know that they've got, they've been commanded to repent of their sin and come to Jesus and be born again and be saved. These things are still in the Bible, folks. Now listen, this is our final authority. We say it's the rule of our faith 
and our behavior, our belief and our practice, everything we believe is to be, this is our final authority. And how we live and the decisions we make in life are to be based on the Word of God. So as we think of the sanctity of human life and the questions, even the basic questions of life, where do we turn to find the answers? We turn to God's Word, don't we? We turn to God's Word. Would you bow your heads with me today? And while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, let me ask you a question. Do you know where you came from? Do you know why you're here? Now, now please don't just start packing up and getting ready to go. Maybe God could... To speak to someone's heart here right now that will make a difference for time and eternity. You know, sanctity of human life isn't just for that baby in the womb, as precious as that is. It's important for you and me. If I really believe that every heartbeat and every breath I take is a gift of God, then I'm going to give, even as a believer, I'm going to give an account for this life of mine. Young people, children, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, every day of my life. It's a wonderful gift of God. Am I just living it for myself? Or am I living it for the glory of Jesus? Am I living it in His will, serving Him to bring honor and glory to Him? Wow! It's an awesome question, isn't it? And do you have peace in your heart that if you died today, do you know where your destiny is? Only two places, heaven or hell. Do you know Jesus today? Do you truly know Him as your Lord and Savior? Father, I pray today that the Holy Spirit will take Your Word and challenge our hearts, O God. And promise that Your Word would not go and return void. Use it to convict us and comfort us and challenge us in the areas we need to be convicted and comforted and challenged in. And we'll thank You and praise You for all that You do. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me please while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. There may be someone here today and the Spirit of God's pricked your heart. You have a serious question about whether or not you're a true born again Christian. Would you let someone pray with you? No obligation to this church. We just want to help you if we can. While the piano begins to play, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come down here and meet me at the front. And just tell me what's on your heart. Just say, Pastor Hall, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Could you let one of your men or one of your ladies pray with me and help me get this thing settled in my heart today? That's the most important thing. Do you know this Jesus that Paul was telling folk about nearly 2,000 years ago? Here we are preaching the same gospel. Do you know Jesus today? Have you come with a repentant heart, trusted Jesus? Are you living for Jesus As a born-again Christian, life is sacred. Life is precious. Let's live it for the glory of God. And to have that peace and assurance. We're going to see God one day. We're going to see Jesus one day. We may not have all the answers to all the questions. But you have that Holy Spirit peace and assurance that everything's okay. Because you're resting in the arms of Jesus. If we can help you, come right now. Let the Spirit of God have His will and way in your heart. Just make decisions that count for time and eternity. As we start this new year off, say, Lord, in 2019, with every breath, every heartbeat, 
remind me that it's a gift of your mercy and grace. May Jesus Christ be honored and glorified in all that we think, say, and do. Help me to live. Find your will. Follow your will. And finish your will for my life. And ask the pianist to play one more verse and that'll be all. Would you come right now if you have a question about your salvation or some other burden or need on your heart today that we can help you with?